I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Good morning, everyone. You know, I, I preached a sermon concerning the Good Shepherd and Sheep about two years ago here. Can everybody hear? Amen. Okay. Anyway, I use Psalms chapter 23 as the text. This, this isn't that sermon. It's nothing, it's nothing like that sermon, as a matter of fact. What I, what I want to do is, is, is uh, look with you at a text that we just read and talk about the illustration that Jesus is using when he, when he uh, refers to his followers as sheep. Now there are places in the Bible, of course, that indicate that God is talking to his people and referring to them as sheep. However, most of the time, when we read a text talking about sheep, we're, we're talking about certain characteristics. Not that people are just like sheep in every way, because we're not. Nor are believers in every way like a sheep. And we need to know a couple of things about sheep, which I'll, I'll, I'll try to go over, but... Basically, the, the term sheep is used as a simile, which is, as you, if you know anything about English language, a simile, a simile and a metaphor, two different sorts of speech. The word simile means, usually you introduce it like this, you say, well, he is like a sheep. That's a simile, sort of comparison. Or if you say he is a sheep, or he is a goat, or he is a pig, or whatever, you're using a metaphor. But most of the time, the Bible uses the term as a simile. We're like a sheep. And he doesn't liken us to sheep in every way. As a matter of fact, just in certain characteristics. God likens his people to sheep in, in a peculiar way. A couple of peculiar ways, too, I'm going to try to emphasize. Now, let's, let's just talk about what a sheep is. What, what is a sheep? A lot of you know, a lot of you have been brought up on a farm, and a lot of you have been around domestic animals. What we do know is that sheep have distinct characteristics that lend themselves to illustration, comparison, as it were. Sheep are among the most domesticated animals that man has. Man keeps sheep. They're domesticated. Dogs and cats are domesticated. Cattle are domesticated. Pigs are domesticated and so forth. They're not wild. They're not feral animals. They have characteristics that lend themselves to being taken care of, being uh, used. Uh, non, they're they're non-threatening, basically, to an extent. So let's, let's just talk about what sheep are. 
They're non-threatening. They're non-aggressive except if you're a boy sheep. If you're a ram. Now a ram is not a goat. A sheep is not a goat. A goat is a different breed. But a ram is a male sheep and he is aggressive at times. So we can't say that all sheep are non-aggressive. But some of them are. They're passive and they're controllable. They're easily led. Matter of fact, uh, they can be led by another sheep or by a ram. Or they can be led by a human being. So a sheep will actually follow a leader. Will follow someone. I think that's why they're mentioned in the Bible so often. That's why the 23rd Psalm is so interesting to us. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because He's going to do certain things. He'll lead us beside green pastures and make us lie down and lead us beside still waters and lie down in green pastures and so forth. But sheep are followers. They do follow. They have a tendency to do that. And they're very easily herded, as a matter of fact. They're near the bottom of the food chain. They're passive and they're controllable. Okay. They're led by other sheep or by a ram. Sometimes shepherds will use a goat because goats can be manipulated too. And so you get the term scapegoat. Or you get the term, and that of course comes from an Old Testament reference, but you get the term Judas goat because a goat will lead the sheep into a slaughterhouse and the sheep will follow. They'll also follow a man's voice, a shepherd's voice. There was an illustration that I read about a man who was in this area that we're talking about in the area of Galilee. And he was, as a matter of fact, he was by the Sea of Galilee and he watched as a shepherd brought his sheep down to water. They came to water. And then while he was standing and watching, another shepherd came and they had several sheep. He didn't mention how many, but it appeared to me what he was saying was they, they numbered in the tens or twenties or even hundreds. And another shepherd came and he said he got a little alarmed because the shepherd walked up and the two shepherds began talking and the sheep mingled together. And then before long, another shepherd came up. Sheep went to the water, the shepherd went to the other shepherds and they began talking. And he thought, how are they going to get these sheep separated? They're all together in the water. But pretty soon one of the shepherds left and the sheep, his sheep followed him. Another left his sheep, another left his sheep. Nobody got confused. Sheep didn't get, the sheep did not get confused. They followed the voice of their shepherd. The, um, there's another incident that took place in Turkey some, some time ago. Something like 400 sheep. It's, it's very unusual that sheep will, will be led into destruction. But there was a goat that was leading the sheep and the goat apparently got confused and went over a, a precipice and 400 sheep followed and died. Now we, we know this happens sometimes with some of their animals, but this was unusual for them. They do have excellent vision. They have uh, eyes that are kind of like a triangle. They can see 320 degrees, 40 degrees. They can't see, so they've got a blind spot, but they can see almost behind themselves. And they have an instinct. 
That instinct is to flock. Now, scientific information tells us, or at least studies sheepology, would you call it? They study sheep. They say that sheep will flock almost with five sheep. They will form a flock, just five of them. Less than that, not so much. More than that, a lot. They have a tendency to flock. Now, all of these characteristics are not identifiable to a believer. That's true, isn't it? We can't see behind our backs, that's for sure. Some of you mothers can. But most of us guys can't. We can only see, and sometimes not very well peripherally. But there are a couple of characteristics. One, of course, is to, uh, to be controlled, to be led, or to be shown the way. Now, Psalms chapter 95, verse 6 and 7 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you'll hear His voice, He's talking about being led by the voice of God, God's voice. The concept of being lost sheep in the Bible is a characteristic. So we're just talking about some of the characteristics. Sheep can get lost if they get away from the flock. As a matter of fact, they say that the flock tendency, wanting to be together, comes about through sort of self-preservation or protection. It's, it's easier for a predator to, tab to attack a lone sheep than it is to attack the whole flock. But be that as it may, there is a concept of being a lost sheep also that is in the Bible theme. So the Bible talks about people who get out of the flock. Think about that just a minute. They get away from the flock. You hear people talking all the time that I'm just going to go up on a high mountain and be with God, me and God myself. Well, the, the tendency is not to be a lone wolf. The Bible doesn't say that we are lone wolves. The Bible doesn't say that we run in packs. The Bible doesn't say that we, we group together as a thunderous herd. The Bible says we are like sheep, which means that, that we have a tendency to be together with those like kind and that we will hear the voice of someone that we trust. Now, the concept of being a lost sheep is, is one of the predominant themes in the Bible. In Psalms 119, verse 126 or 176, David says, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. I've gone astray like a lost sheep. You wander out of the flock your way. You know, we have a, we have a motto in this country that says, E pluribus unum. We're one. We, together we stand, separate we fall. And that's been the tendency, that is the tendency of sheep, be together, because we don't want to fall. He says, he said, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. I do not forget your commandments. He didn't want to. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, talking about Jesus, the iniquity of us all. My people, Jeremiah 50 verse 6, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from the mountains to the hills. They have forgotten their resting place. 
the Bible is actually telling us, warning us that it's very easy to go astray. It's very easy to get cut out of the flock and for someone to take us apart, take us away. Maybe just a false voice. Someone that sounds right and sounds good, sounds like our shepherd, but isn't really the shepherd. When Jesus came to this earth, he was told to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Of all the people on this earth that thought they were not lost was the people of Israel. They thought they were right, that they were all together. But God said, I want you to, I want you to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. These people are lost. They've gone astray. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25 says, We are as sheep going astray. Listen again. He's telling us the characteristics. He's, he's lacking in these characteristics. We can go astray. We can wander off. We can get lost. We can go into the wilderness. We can hear somebody else's voice. We can be taken away. That's what he's saying. We can be misled. That's pretty characteristic of everybody. Not just sheep, but everybody can be, can be led astray, can't they? But he's talking about the fact that sheep can be led astray. He said, we were sheep going astray, but have now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Now, sometimes there are some parables. And the Bible talks about, in the New Testament at least, that Jesus used many parables to try to teach solid lessons. He used illustrations from life. And one of these illustrations was finding a lost sheep, finding one that is strayed. Well, you've got the flock, the flock's together, the sheep had gone astray. It's not that the sheep wanted to go astray, but the sheep just went astray. And so in Luke chapter 15, at verse 3, it says, He spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? Now, why would he leave 99? Because the 99 hang together, basically. They're still in a big clump of sheep. They're there. They're not astray. And obviously, shepherds sometimes use help. Sometimes they use partner shepherds. Sometimes they use dogs to keep the sheep together. But one went astray, and he left all of those in the wilderness and went looking for the lost sheep. And when he came home... He called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. Of course, he's talking about people who've gotten themselves lost in the world. How can you get lost in the world? You get lost in the world by going off somewhere strange. Going somewhere where you don't belong. One of the main reasons for using sheep, the sheep typology is to emphasize the characteristic of instinctively following a leader. You know, we do that, don't we? We follow a leader. We follow the strong voice. We follow the strong presence. We follow the strong character. We follow the one who seems to know where they're going, right? What they're doing. How they're going to get it done. The way we, we believe that that strong leader will take us where we need to be. I know when, when I was working in, in a, a big company at one time, that we had a, we had a, a tier of a, a ladder of those who were leaders. 
And so in the small compartments, you had what were called lead people, lead men or lead woman. Then from there, you had a supervisor, and from there, you had a manager, and on up the chain. But you always had someone who was leading, someone who was telling everybody else what to do and where to go. So we always have a leader. And the characteristics of following a leader, right or wrong, can either be wrong or right, depending upon whether we are following the right one doing the right things. Sometimes we just blindly follow, like the sheep in Turkey, 400 of them, went over a cliff because they following a goat that was confused, apparently, and they lost their lives. So it's easy, to, it's easy to get confused and follow someone if you're not very careful. Follow someone, and Jesus knew that humanity has that characteristic of following without really checking on the qualifications of the leader, who the, where the leader is going. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 3 says, But thou, o Lord, know me. You have seen me and tried my heart toward you, pulled them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepared them for the day of slaughter. Well, some people were going to be slaughtered. Jeremiah was talking about the fact that the people were just willing to go with anybody, and they were following some of the kings in Israel, they were unrighteous. And Jeremiah is saying, pull them out, take them away as sheep to the slaughter. In Psalms 44, verse 22, he says, Yea, for my sake or for your sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now that's not a pleasant, pleasant thought. That's what Paul said in Romans 8, verse 36. He said, As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Well, that, that characteristic, God is saying, be careful. Be careful. Your sheep, you can be led astray. You can be taken off the right track. You can be taken away and slaughtered. Jesus described his followers in these terms. In Matthew chapter 10, at verse 16, he said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now then, did he say, I want you to just follow blindly whatever happens? Did he say, I don't want you to think for yourself? Sheep are not necessarily dumb, they're passive. It's interesting to me. You can set one down on their bottom and they'll stay there. They won't move. That's how, that's how they shear them. The uh, sheep shears will come along, take the sheep, put him on his bottom, and he'll just sit there and they can shear him. I hope we're not that way. <laughs> that we can just set us on our bottom and we can be sheared. Well, he's telling us not to be like that. He's telling us, as a matter of fact, he's telling his apostles, he said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Now, Paul warned the elders in the church at Ephesus. Paul had preached to the church at Ephesus, and that's where they had all the uh, different magicians and so forth. And they had, they, they had, a, they had quite a temple there for Diana, and they had a lot of they had a pretty good enterprise and I've, I've mentioned before that it was a very wealthy place but uh, when Paul preached the gospel of Christ there were people who believed in him believed in Jesus Christ they were baptized and they formed a church and when Paul came back through in Acts chapter 20 he it said he took the elders now the word elder is synonymous with a couple other terms in the New Testament Elders were also called pastors, and they were called bishops. 
because they were men that were selected specifically with the qualifications to lead the sheep. So now, these men had qualifications found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, qualifications of character, qualifications that made them stand out as good men who were qualified to lead the sheep. Okay. Now what when Paul was there, he said, I know this, he told them, in verse 29, that after my departing, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So he's warning them, be careful because there'll be some wolves among the flock. So he's not, he's not telling these men in terms of being docile and passive to just let anybody do whatever they want to do. He's saying, be careful. There's some that are going to be trying to lead you astray. And he warned the church at Galatia. He said, uh, he told them that there was some preaching another gospel. He said, which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Don't let him in. Don't let him have anything to do with you. Okay. God sent his son, Jesus, specifically to be the shepherd, to tend and to protect his flock. Now, in Hebrews chapter 13 at verse 20, it says, The God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Which means that it's his voice we hear. So if someone comes along and says, here's, here's what I, I think you ought to believe, then, then the sheep do what? Just say, bah, and I'll follow you wherever you go. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, be careful, listen to the voice, you need to know His voice. So if it's not Jesus, if it's, if it's not His will, if it's not what He's telling you to do, then don't follow. Don't follow. Take your stand. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, it says, For you are as sheep going astray. Okay, you are as sheep. Not, not anymore. You're not going astray anymore. You're together. But you're now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. 1 Peter 5 verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you'll receive a crown of glory that fades not away. The flock that Jesus came to save, He said He was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, did they hear His voice? When He walked down a street, people followed Him. That, that was obvious they were following Him. He's not talking about physically following someone, is He? He's talking about giving your heart to him. So Jesus is saying that whatever he says and whatever he commands is what the Father commanded him and he's passing that on to us and that we should be following him in those areas. In Zechariah 13 verse 6 and 7 it says, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in your hands? Then he shall answer, Those are those which, with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Wait. Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and yet the Bible here is telling us that somebody's going to put some wounds in his hands. He said, where'd you get those? He said, in the house of 
my friends. Lost sheep. Sheep are kind of tough, aren't they? They were certainly tough on Jesus. He says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Uh oh. Matthew twenty six thirty one then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of this flock shall be scattered abroad. That was the night before he was betrayed the night he was betrayed. Isaiah 53 verse 7 says, He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb, that is, doesn't say anything, so he opened not his mouth. He just let it happen. But that was God's will, wasn't it? That was what God intended. But the point is, that the ones that turned against him were sheep. Sheep turned against the shepherd. And yet he is our shepherd. He overcame the greatest of foes to become the greatest of leaders. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Ezekiel 34 and verse 23 and 24 says, I will, shut up, I will set up one shepherd over them. He shall feed them even as my servant David. He shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. And I the Lord will be their God my servant David, a prince among them. I the Lord have spoken. He is the king of kings and prince of princes, but he is the good shepherd. He is the one that went as a lamb. Again, he's using this typology. Jesus was not a lamb. He was the first. He was the beginning and the end and the in-between. He's everything. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has all majesty. And he told Pilate when Pilate said, Don't you know I can kill you? I can put you to death? And Jesus said, You can't do anything unless my Father let you do it. Well, he could have stopped, couldn't he? But he didn't. He was as a lamb. That's, that's the picture. He was led as a lamb to the, to the slaughter. Ezekiel 37 says, And David my servant will be king over them. They shall all have one shepherd, and they shall all walk in my judgments, and observe my statutes and do them. They, they shall dwell in the land that I have given them unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, their children's children forever. And my servant David will be their prince Forever. That's who Jesus came to save, the children of Israel, and be their shepherd. And what did they do? I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And what did the lost do? The lost put him on the cross. The lost didn't accept him. Didn't want him. He went to the cross by himself, and they did not follow. Did not follow him. You say, well, somebody did. No, nobody did. Nobody followed. Peter said, I'll follow. Wherever you go, I'll follow. Three times Peter said, I don't even know this guy. Three times. And he went to the cross all by himself. But when he arose from the dead, of course, he proved that he is the Son of God. And he rose as a conqueror, as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But he's still the shepherd. 
He is still the shepherd. The two prominent characteristics of, of sheep that we're talking about, and I think these are the only two that he's actually concerned with when he uses the term sheep regarding believers. One is that the sheep will follow the voice of the shepherd. You know, that's why when you're in a Bible discussion with someone and someone tells you something that doesn't sound just right, you should say, book, chapter, and verse, show me where Jesus approved that. Show me in the gospel of Jesus Christ, for that is what I should do. And that is, that's what he wants me to do. Show it to me. Let me hear his voice. The voice of God comes through the scriptures. That's where it comes from. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Scriptures. That's the voice of God. So when we say the sheep will follow the voice of the shepherd, we're going back to that text that we started out with in John chapter 10. But it says at verse 13, The hireling flees because he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I have known of mine. That's what... The writer of Hebrews said, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, he says, Hear his voice now. Hear his voice now. Hear the voice of Jesus, because when you hear the voice of Jesus, then you will follow him. That's one of the characteristics of the sheep that he's saying that we're like. As sheep, we should follow, know the voice of the shepherd. If you don't know the voice of the shepherd, it's because you have not listened to or have not read the voice of the shepherd. It's there in, in the New Testament. If you don't know his voice, you don't know where he wants, wants you to go. Again, the sheep will be united with other sheep. That's the other f characteristic. The flock tendency. The tendency to get into a flock. Now Jesus said in this same text in John chapter 10 and verse 16, He says, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. You say, well, I don't think I have to go to church to be saved. What you're saying is, I don't have to be with the other sheep. I don't have to be in the flock. I don't have to be around others. I, I can get my strength other places. I can, I can, uh, I can stay home. I can go fishing. I, I can uh, get off by myself. And I can get off with a group that I really like. And that's the point. The sheep have the flock tendency, and that's what Jesus is saying, that we should have that tendency. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, we're all baptized into one body. That's exactly what happens. When you're baptized into Christ, you're added to the other individuals who have been baptized into Christ, and then you are together. And Hebrews 10, 25 says, plainly says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. I know there's all sorts of reasons why people don't go to church. Lots of reasons. Well, there's going to be a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, go to the ball game. There's no hypocrites there. Right? No sinners at the ball game. No sinners at the concert. You know, the church is where sinners come to be saved. That's, that's the difference, of course. Come to get better, not to get worse. So this idea that I'm not going to church because there are hypocrites there, it really doesn't float. But the idea is that he wants us to be together, and he wants us to gain strength from one another, and he actually calls us one body. That's the, that's the terminology that's used, 
throughout the New Testament describing his people. One body, just like the human body is one. But he uses the term flock and, and shepherd. Here's the one I want to, want to end with this morning. In Matthew chapter 25, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. Verse 20, 20, chapter 25, verse 32 through 34. It says, And before him shall be gathered all nations. He'll separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. You're getting the sheep away from the goats. Why? Because goats are incalcitrant. Goats do not want to follow. Goats are not as compliant as sheep. Goats are not going to hear the voice of their shepherd. There's nothing about a goat that's that's attractive, really. Uh, but they're, they're, they're goats that, that uh, look pretty good to a hunter. But it says, He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Sheep are not weaklings. Sheep are not dumb. Sheep are those that follow the voice of their leader. Sheep are those who hold together. That's the characteristic that Jesus is talking about. Hearing the voice of the shepherd is a characteristic, and being together is a characteristic of sheep. Now, that's serious. But what is more serious, I think, is that he won't recognize my voice in the day of judgment. Lord, Lord, he said, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. If I'm not recognized, that's going to be the tragedy, the real tragedy. Jesus is recognized. His voice is recognized. What about mine? He won't even recognize me. Well, let's be sure that we follow the voice of our Savior. I think I had a a chart. That's, that's a bucolic view, isn't it? That's a shepherd. Well, of course, there's a sheepdog behind him too, but that's a shepherd leading his flock and they're all following they're all following and that's exactly what should happen with us when we talk about Jesus I'm not talking about following a televangelist I'm not talking about following me I'm talking about following Jesus saying Lord I am yours and I want to be part of your flock and I want to be part of those who in a day of judgment are separate and apart from the goats because I want to be with you forever. God help you reach that in your own conclusion and in your own life. Let's stand and sing that song that we selected for the close.